0: Unfortunately, though, again, this is things that we sometimes plant into our subconscious mind. But what we're saying is that I can't handle being a mom. I'm going to drink. And I deserve this. What women really deserve is having more tools in their toolbox to connect with each other, to actually have tools to learn how to actually manage your stress. And also, I mean, what is, what is that message to our children that and i don't think any mom thinks this right like deep down inside they don't feel this way but we're telling our kids
1: hello and welcome to the healing and dealing podcast i am your host charlotte and i'm so excited to go on this journey with you through a trauma-informed lens we will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Healing and Dealing Podcast. I'm so happy today. I have Chrissy Janiga, right?
0: Yes, Janiga.
1: Janiga. Oh my gosh, I knew I was going to mess that up. (laughs) I have her with me today. I'm so excited for her to share her story with you. Chrissy is a wife, mom, licensed clinical social worker, author, and mindset alcohol-free coach. Chrissy helps women work on their relationship with alcohol, mindset shifts to lead to a more successful and abundant life, and assists with following your heart and unleash your biggest dreams. Chrissy is dedicated to stop drinking, and by following her intuition, she was able to get clear on her bigger purpose since ditching alcohol, Chrissy wrote and published a children's book. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Tell me about this book that you published first. Well,
0: thank you. So, yeah, um once I stopped drinking, I just had these thoughts about, you know, what I would do and just popped in my head to write a book.
1: Oh, and so I just
0: <laughs> Thank you. And so I just really followed that and the book is called Miranda Learns the Art of Not Fitting In. It's about a little girl that really when she moves to new school, she's just so desperate to fit in and make Mm -hmm. friends. And I think if we have kids or even as adults, we so resonate with that. But when she tries to do things that she doesn't enjoy and try to hang out with friends that really don't resonate with her, she really struggled. But Mm -hmm. it was when she's decided to follow her heart and do something that she truly wanted to do is where she made her friends and she felt really happy.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful definitely can resonate with that as an adult. And I've ordered the book already and can't wait to read it with my daughter and my son. My daughter, I'm sure, is going to really love it because, you know, all those types of things pop up as a seven-year-old, of course. But congratulations.
0: Thank That's you. Such a
1: huge feat. There's so many things we could talk about. First, I'll just start off by letting everyone know that Chrissy and I did the Becoming embolded Becoming program together with Carolina. How do you say her last name? I'll probably book for that as well. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I always feel so bad. Uh, but Carolina, she is the author of the book "Euphoric: How to Ditch." I forget what it's called. It's, it's an alcohol-free book. I have it right here somewhere. But she has all these amazing programs. And after you're already alcohol-free for a little bit of time, we joined this program together. I think there was only like what ten or twelve of us. It was a really intimate group. It was yeah per- perfect. And obviously it's done amazing things for you as it has me as we're on my podcast talking about your book that you just published. Like, <laughs> oh my God, Carolina would be so proud right now, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. And actually I'm doing her certificate program as well. So, you are. Um, and I want to say Jacques Clavos. I'm going to have to ask her, we're going to have yeah. to get her.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> her like last name. I, every podcast I've been talking about her and I can never get her last name right. So, so terrible but she's Polish. So like, you know, we get some credit. Those last names are hard to pronounce.
0: <laughs> yes, um, they are.
1: So, so tell me about your journey, Chrissy, what brought you to this place right now? You know, where, where did it start for you and and how did this all come about?
0: Well, and I know we have some similarities in our journey as well. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, I've had this thought about not drinking and, I really didn't think it started to actually affect me until my more later twenties and really in my thirties. So I thought a lot about not drinking and I just thought that was normal because maybe I drank too much the night before, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, or
0: didn't feel well. And I kept having these thoughts and, you know, just having these, just really these intense feelings of guilt and not like living up to my expectations. Like I'm a healthy person. And I think a lot of people value their health. And when they don't live up to that, you know, that value, it just feels really awful. And then I also thought there was like something wrong with me. Why can't I moderate? Why can't mm-hmm. I do this? And I I tried all the things. I tried, you know, I'm gonna drink water in between, I'm gonna do mm-hmm. that. And I did and- that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you know and then, you know, there was these times where I would be totally feel like the night went well and things went great. And, you know, then there was times that they weren't great or I forgot something. It's just so unpredictable. So I actually decided in January 20 of 22 that I wanted to start to work on my relationship with alcohol, many ups and downs. And I won't go into, you know, grave detail, but, you know, I, I look at my mindset where it used to be. And then once I stopped, and I stopped in November of 2022, and really after that is when I decided to start looking for like a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. Not that I was miserable or unhappy, yeah. But it made me start to question, well, what else do I want? What else would you know? What else can I do? Yeah. And and that's when I thought I tried a book, and you know, just like when I thought about not drinking. And you know, I dismissed it and I didn't know any better at the time because of labels and just because of, there weren't people like, you know, you and right. I that we started talking about it. And so I started listening to myself. Okay, well, maybe I was right about this alcohol thing. What else might I be right about? Mm-hmm. And it led me to write a book. It led me to become a coach and I'm really excited to see where else it led me. But the biggest thing that I really, really have to highlight is when you give up alcohol, you know, a lot of people do feel better, but that doesn't mean we, you know, we stop working on the things that we need to work on. In fact, sometimes we have to work on certain things a little bit differently because we, you know, maybe we aren't drinking and we've maybe ignored some things that we really haven't been dealing with. Or in my case, I didn't even know that I wanted to write a book. There were a lot of things that I think were buried that I had no clue I wanted to do until I started to dream big.
1: Mm-hmm. And so the
0: mindset shifts have been those have been the really the, the drastic thing for me just how differently I think now.
1: Right. There's a few things I want to touch on what you just said and first was how you said, you know, I wasn't miserable before, but you you want you don't, my point is you don't have to be miserable to want to change your relationship with alcohol. You don't have to be a drunk every day. People, people stigmatize it so much to where it's like, if you don't drink, you, you have, you must be an alcoholic. You must be like in this horrible place in your life. And really that's just not the case. It's, it's more about being more aware of your relationship with it. And like, like you said, moderating maybe isn't for some people. It wasn't for me. Like who wants to control and track every drink? You know, like that takes up so much brain space and uh-huh. and energy. And you you are making so many decisions throughout the day. By the time, you know, five, six o'clock comes, you're like, screw it. You have the efforts and you're like, I'm just going to drink. So I I love that you said that because you really don't have to be in this terrible, horrible place to want to change uh-huh. your relationship with it. And the other thing is, is I resonate with this so much because once I stopped drinking, it's almost like all this creativity started flowing out of me and I'm like, where is that coming from? And it was there the whole time, but I feel like alcohol keeps you at such a low vibration and it keeps you like Mm -hmm. in this playing small, you know, not really putting yourself out there. You're just in this feedback loop over and over again. And once you let go of alcohol, it's like this whole new world opens up and you're like, where, where did this come from? Like, you didn't even know you wanted to write a book, you know, Mm -hmm. like how awesome is that? And, and I feel the same way. I would have never thought I was going to start a podcast, but once I was able to let go of that, it was like, oh my gosh, the possibilities are endless.
0: Yes. And I, I congratulations, by the way, how cool that you get to do this. And I think you're absolutely right. I think we don't have to be, you know, use labels like alcoholic or be a certain way to stop doing something that's not serving us. And Mm -hmm. I think once we, you know, stop that mental energy. And I felt like when I actually decided to say, I'm no longer drinking, I actually Mm -hmm. made that decision. It literally was like, weight was taken off my shoulder. I don't have to worry about this anymore. Yeah. Um, And it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, have things that I have to work on, but I don't have to worry about moderating because it's, It's such an unpredictable thing, right? If you think about drinking, it's so unpredictable, you know, and it's like kind of playing like Russian roulette. Am I going to, is it going to be a good night, bad night? Am I going to get really emotional? Am I going to black out? Am I going to feel awful tomorrow? And and I'm not sure how it's going to work out. But now I know, I'm, I know how it's going to work out because I'm in full control of everything.
1: Exactly. Yeah. There's no, and and especially when I used to tell myself, oh, I'm just going to have three drinks tonight. Once you're Mm -hmm. on your third one, you don't care anymore. (laughs) You're like um, four, five, six. Like I was the type of drinker where once I started, I was going full force. Like I was drinking for the rest of the night and maybe till two in the morning. You know, like I was, uh, it was like me and my husband are the same way. Once we start, we close the bar down. (laughs) And it usually doesn't lead to good stuff, you know?
0: No. And I also think that I, I actually valued not drinking more than drinking. It's just something we, you know, I did very socially. And when I stopped drinking or took breaks from drinking, there were other things that came up that I wasn't really aware of. I didn't think Mm. I drank when I got really stressed. And then one day I had a really difficult day at work and I'm like, I thought about drinking and it's because I've done it before. I just, again, it's those, those subconscious beliefs. I didn't, they weren't, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware that was happening.
1: Yeah, it's like your go-to for so long. You have to really change that thought pattern and do something else in replace of it. I had to go through the same thing. The other thing you said was how things would come up. Like, without alcohol, you're actually having to face your emotions. You're having to face these regular things that we're dealing with every day in life without numbing or, you know, running from it with alcohol. So now all of a sudden you're like, shoot, some people think at first like quitting drinking really sucks because they have to deal with all these terrible things going on. But that's the point, like you're drinking to cover all those things up. They're not disappearing, they're still there. So once you remove alcohol, it's like, now you're gonna deal with it. And so it is kind of hard at first, especially when, you know, you might be fighting urges or you're trying to really change your relationship with alcohol and then all of a sudden, you know, you have to deal with stress or sadness or loss, you know? And and so it's navigating all of those things Without your crutch, so that that can be hard. Mm-hmm. What what was your experience with that? So mine,
0: I actually found it harder to do like social things and happy things. Yeah, that was more difficult than me. I wasn't actually a huge drinker really during the week, or if I was necessarily sad. But that being said, again, there were things that would come up that I was like, oh, I didn't realize that happened. As far as my, you know, my experiences, it was more like the benefit of drinking. Like, what was it doing for me? And this took me a really, really long time to figure out. And I just went on my first sober vacation. So I was able to test it out too, which is really, so
1: great. which I was really, it.
0: yeah, it was really fun for me. It was more like, yes, I did have some things that was stress. So mm-hmm. realizing that, you know, I just dealing with it a different way that that actually didn't. Help. One was learning about alcohol, like, oh, okay, it actually releases cortisol and does mm-hmm. all these awful things. So it's really not helping with my stress long term. It's, it's, right. you know, it's maybe, I don't even know if I want to call it a band aid because it doesn't really fix anything. You it know, it actually
1: makes it worse, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I think also realizing about that, but for me, it was in social situations, mm-hmm. was that. It was really difficult for me initially to even think about going on vacation alcohol free yeah. yeah. to doing certain social situations without drinking because I've done it for such a long time.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: I had to really debunk a lot of deep, again, subconscious, they, these weren't conscious right away, right. beliefs that alcohol wasn't doing anything for me, that I didn't need it to go into social situations on vacation. In mm-hmm. fact, It also led me to understand that sometimes when something wasn't fun or I didn't enjoy it as much, one, I had to get used to not drinking in those circumstances. So I'm trying to strengthen this, this social muscle, right? Mm -hmm. It's awkward. It's weird. And then there's also the other side of this where maybe sometimes I don't enjoy what I'm doing and it's not because of alcohol.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) It was because maybe
0: I'm tired. Maybe I'm not in the mood for it. Maybe, you know, there's lots of different things. And I think when you give up alcohol and you have to work on all this stuff, you start to get to know yourself a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And it's a relationship that sometimes is hard to deal with initially.
1: Right. Yeah. I love what you just said, because for me, the past eight months has been all about getting to know myself again, too. And I love that you said, certain situations social ones like maybe you weren't having fun not just because of the alcohol but maybe you just didn't like it like now i Mm -hmm. feel like okay now i know why i drink at this type of thing or i drink you know during this because it helps me have fun because i really don't like what i'm doing you know so like removing the alcohol showed me what i actually like to do and what i don't like to do what actually brings me true joy and what i'm just doing to like drink or, you know, appease other people in a sense, you know, so that's such great awareness like, and you didn't take any program. You, you did all this research on your own, like before you went into the becoming emboldened or were you a part of any program to mm. quit alcohol?
0: No, I wasn't in any program to quit alcohol. I literally not to sound cliche, but I was a sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right. I, you know, I was really stressed and, you know, every time I drank it, it just kind of led me to maybe explore what it would feel like to not drink. So, Mm -hmm. and for me, it was, I think if I, now I can look back and go, yeah, deep down inside, hundred percent, I wanted to stop, but I wasn't ready to stop immediately. I had to do what I did, you know, I stopped for six months, drank, realized I people, please. I just realized a lot about myself Right. that, and again, I look back at my book and realize that again, when we do things that are not in line with who we really are, we, it's, it's such a bad feeling and we don't lead the life that we might want to, you know, lead, right. Or the things we might want yeah. to do. So yeah. it's really giving me a lot of clarity, but no. And I think the emboldened program and just the certificate program and all that has really helped solidify things and, mm-hmm. and did help me start to kind of open up my mind to, to see what else is out there and to question things that, you know, that I believed before,
1: yeah, I think anything, any type of program, or if anything free, if you are looking to grow and just question, be curious. I feel like that's the most important thing. Just sticking and uh-huh. staying in autopilot, and you know, doing the same thing over and over again. I feel, I just feel like that's not how we were supposed to live, you know. And I, as I'm getting older, I'm feeling like, okay, now I get it. Now I understand to question and wonder and be curious about everything instead of just doing what everyone's doing because they're doing it and that you know social settings same Mm -hmm. situation same type of thing and I'm kind of like you like I feel a little shy and awkward in social situations and like you said it's a muscle and now you've gone on a sober vacation and that's still one of my things that I'm like, Oh, that's going to be hard. So tell me, like, help me, what, what, what do I need to prepare for? How, how beautiful was it being sober?
0: So I think going with an open mind and don't say it's going to be hard. You know, you can give yourself grace. Like I think we sometimes are really hard on ourselves, but yeah, you can say, you know what, this is going to be different. Maybe not. It's not going to be hard. Is this Is going to be different? And I'm learning and I'm just going to do the best I can, but you know, And as far as social situations is feeling awkward, you know, I think the more you do these things, like you go on vacation, you go out, the more you do it and do it and do it over again, you know, the more you get more confident and it gets Mm -hmm. easier and the people that you love the most, and I've had nothing but wonderful support, will support you and not judge you. It's often what we think. That's not really true. We think that everyone cares about what we're doing. And at the end of the day, well, most people That's don't. So true. Most people don't. And if they really do, it's one, I always say it's one of two things. They either have their own issues with alcohol, or right. unfortunately they've been programmed to believe that alcohol is the best thing on planet earth. And that is yeah. crazy that why would you stop? There must be something wrong with you. So I think that, but the, the people you love and care about the most will support you. As far as the sober vacation, I think, you know, a lot of resorts make fun mocktails. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, you can have a lot of fun drinks if you, if you want that something to hold and drink. And I think focusing on how you're going to feel and maybe doing the things that you want to do. So maybe getting up early, if that's what you want to do. The other thing that I found to, you know, with being on vacation or in general, since becoming sober is, I'm actually, I'm very outgoing, but I'm mm-hmm. actually an introvert. I always thought I was an extrovert. <laughs> so you just identify what you need, right? Like mm-hmm. even on vacation, do I need a little alone time? Do I need more, you know, maybe time with my spouse? You know, what mm-hmm. do you need on vacation that's going to kind of fulfill your soul? And and make that. sure you're, yeah, make sure you're doing that. Um, yeah. And, and also, again, you can't worry about what everyone's thinking. And then also, you know, We, again, we tend to think that alcohol is giving us a benefit sometimes. So on vacation, we've done vacations, right? If you've done vacations for 20 plus years with, you know, let's say drinking, it's going to take a hot second for your, you know, for you to catch up and realize that it's not doing anything for you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it's glamorous. It's fancy. It's, it's, you know, it's, and it's no judgment if people go on vacation and drink, but Mm -hmm. you also can enjoy vacation without drinking. And I would probably suggest you're going to feel a lot better. You can eat yummy desserts, focus on some of the great food you're going to have, yes. the experiences, the memories you're going to have that are not fragmented mm-hmm. that you can, and, and you can wake up early, late, you can sleep in, but you're sleeping on your own sleep schedule and not having yeah. alcohol interrupt your sleep as well.
1: Great. The last vacation my husband and I went on, we always do the all-inclusive, you know, to Mexico mm-hmm. or um, Cancun and Cabo. And of course it's like all the drinks you can get, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, we've gone on three so far and like each one progressively got worse with the drinking. And the last one was back, it was in, I think, um, I don't know, last mid last year. And we were four days and two of them I spent hungover. And I felt awful. And it was just such a waste. You know, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't enjoy the food because my stomach hurt. And the days that I was feeling okay, I was drinking and, you know, don't remember some of it. So that whole trip just feels like, ugh, like yuck. I don't ever want to feel that again, you know? Yes. And 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 I don't have to. So that's the beautiful thing.
0: No, and I think remember that. And I think also sometimes even listening to podcasts and mm. just different things to just again remind yourself because right. I I've had multiple episodes of feeling anxiety that I'm going into something and I'm not drinking. And I've listened to something and I'm like, okay. And then I didn't do it and I felt mm-hmm. so good. And you know, to any listeners that, you know, may be going through like times where they're drinking and not drinking and trying to figure out what they want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's all the times I drank that led me where I, you know, where I am today, because right. I've had that break. I felt how awful I felt and without it, I don't, I, you know, like I, my story wouldn't be my story.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel the same way. It's life-changing. And you don't have to be a quote-unquote alcoholic to feel this amazing life shift. You know, we can Mm -hmm. be like us, moms, we work, we're both both in social work, we have so much in common, you know, and it's like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be, it doesn't have to be such a, you know, terrible spot that you're in to start changing your relationship. So we are proof of that. (laughs) That's great.
0: (laughs) I want to kind of dive,
1: like, what's going on in your friendships? Have you... Have you had any friends that were supportive or weren't supportive or what does your circle look like with?
0: So friends? I, I am honestly very blessed because all my girlfriends, yes, we've done wineries. We've done all the things together and we drank, but we've been friends. Some of our, my friendships since first grade and everybody I've met, you know, they've been really supportive,
1: That's you great. know? You're lucky.
0: (laughs) I am. I'm very lucky. You know, I don't have anybody that really doesn't drink, but like a lot of them go in spurts of, Mm -hmm. and I think this is where, you know, you can be kind of that person too, that people have come up to me and said, Hey, taking a break or I'm doing this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so common and normal that you, that in my friendship circle, I think with some people, we can, I can normalize it that this is so normal And, you know, and I also don't sit there and, you know, obviously judge them if they drink and they don't, they don't, you know, say anything, you know, obviously negative.
1: Yeah. yeah. They're They're not like trying to get you to take shots with them or anything. They respect your decision. That's good. They do.
0: So I've been very blessed, but like I said, I don't think any of my friendships were, yes, they included alcohol. But I think a lot of us, as we've gotten older, we've actually are into like, hiking and doing more movement. And it's, yeah. so it's, it's not just about drinking anymore. It's about doing things that feel good. And I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah, that is awesome. That was one of my, the main things that got me through quitting drinking too, was having that emotional based goal. Like, how do I want to feel versus, you know, what do I want to make myself do? You know, it changes uh-huh. everything when you think of it from that perspective, for sure.
0: Absolutely. And I I can say though, there were times early on, now I'm a little bit different, more confident, think differently. Mm -hmm. But early on, I felt alone sometimes. I wanted other people's validation, which is not, I would not recommend it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, because they're not trying to do what you do. And people can't tell you what to do at the end of the day. You got to figure that out yourself. But yeah, it can be really hard sometimes and lonely. And you can feel like you're the only person. And I can tell you, and you understand, we're not alone we're never alone.
1: And the community is growing rapidly with, you know, people who are alcohol free. It's, I feel like it's, it's going to blow up, It already is blowing up. but It's going to get even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a movement for sure. And I love it. (laughs) Does your husband drink? He does. Okay. How's that been navigating that? So,
0: you know, and it's so interesting because he's actually drank significantly less and we weren't like people that would drink like Monday through like, you know, Sunday, Mm -hmm. but again, the socialization piece, but yeah, no, I think, you know, I can talk to my husband a little bit differently than I can talk to like my friends about certain Mm -hmm. things, but I also, at the end of the day, I can't tell him what he needs to do. So I think this is where, you know, it's so interesting. I think if you get a bunch of people in a room and I'm sure there's studies on this, but if, if nobody's drinking or everyone's drinking, not a lot, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: people tend to not
1: drink a lot. Right. It's that, (laughs) that herd mentality, the, the group, you know? Yeah. But I also think that, you know, I, I do hope that some
0: of the things I've said resonated, you know, I think I've been blown away from, you know, obviously what alcohol does to us, but mm-hmm. also mommy wine culture. And I really tried to share this with people. And again, realized what I can share and what I need to kind of hold back. Cause I can't tell right. everybody. I know. <laughs> like, I,
1: know. I hear you mommy wine culture oh my gosh like I used to be a part of that I used to promote that and then subscribe Mm -hmm, to that life and me too now there's so many things I look at and I just cringe I'm like oh my god like I can't even look at it the same it's like once you know once you have all this information you don't look at that stuff the same anymore you're just like oh what what's your take on mommy wine culture I'm curious
0: so I I've I a hundred percent resonate with you. I actually got rid of some of my shirts that talked about wine and weights and because I'm a mom, right. Right. And well, my son can also read, so (laughs) (laughs) I don't really want him to start reading my things, but I also don't feel that way anymore. Exactly. No, my take on it is I used to think it was funny. I actually, I get, you know, you get your reminders from Facebook about things you posted. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh.
1: I know. I
0: posted so much (laughs) stuff about wine, and you know, obviously, I don't sit there and and get mad at myself. I didn't. I didn't know better. Exactly. But the thing with mommy wine culture that I definitely really hope to educate people on, and I hope more people educate other people on, is I always think it's like war on women, right? It's so similar to the cigarette culture and the cigarette history. So you know, they obviously targeted women once they wanted to make more money. And I feel like we're, I feel like we're walking billboards for Mm -hmm. big alcohol because they don't have to pay any money. Like a lot of the, you know, wine references is, you know, and all those about kids and wine and because I'm a mom and you deserve to drink, get a lot of likes on social media. And unfortunately though, again, this is things that we sometimes plant into our subconscious mind. But what we're saying is that I can't handle being a mom I'm going to drink Right. and I deserve this. What women really deserve is having more tools in their toolbox to connect with each other, to actually have tools to learn how to actually manage your stress. And also, I mean, what is, what is that message to our children that, and I don't think any mom thinks this, right? Like deep down inside, they don't feel this way, but we're telling our kids, you're a lot. I need a drink. I need to chill out.
1: Right. Yeah. I've said, I used to say that all the time, like, Oh my gosh, my kids are stressing me out. I need to drink. And I know that goes across the board for so many women and we, we felt we fell right into the trap.
0: Yeah. And I don't, and I, I, I think that this is where, you know, education comes into play because a lot of times it's, it's not their fault. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know this until I'm like, wow, you know, we're, we're teaching our children also, this is how we cope right? Yes. We come home and we're going to de-stress with alcohol and then they see it. So, but we tell them not to do it, but we do. I it. Know. Yeah. And then we make, and then we have wine glasses that, you know, say those things. So, you know, I think mommy wine culture is just really toxic and it just gives alcohol. We might as well just give the alcohol or checkbook, right. Or, or debit cards. Cause right. that's really at the end of the day, we're reinforcing you know, big alcohol and mm-hmm. really we're deconnect, you know, instead of the connection, we're so not connected, right. it makes us so far away. And, you know, it's, it's definitely it can be challenging being a mom and and having all the things that we have to do. But again, when we learn about alcohol and what it does to us, that it doesn't help relax us in mm-hmm. the end of the day it actually makes us more stressed and and really feeling like we can't handle things that but right. this one this one thing this is this is what's making things okay
1: yeah and that's just crazy to that i used to think that way too it's not mm-hmm. when i think back on it i keep thinking about like this, a group of women that I was close with, like all of our kids went to school together and we always drank together. That was just what we mm-hmm. did. We would go to the pool, we would all drink. And I remember a new mom came and I I would literally bring Fireball to the pool. Like that's my Saturday fun, you know, <laughs> is pretty bad. But I pulled it out and she was like, now I know I'm gonna like you. And that just stuck with me for so long. And I was, cause I was thinking, you know, like, are we going to get along? Are we all going to vibe well? And as soon as I brought the fireball out, then I was like, I was accepted, you know, into this mommy Mm, group. Interesting. Yeah. And and that those kind of things always stick with me when people say things like that, because what if I didn't pull out fireball? What if I pulled out some tea? Or, you know, (laughs) like, I guess I'm not cool. I'm not fun. If I if I'm not drinking and it's not her fault. It's not any of those moms Mm -hmm. fault. I was participating in it, too. But it was it was toxic and now that alcohol is removed we do not hang out so what was there really a friendship there
0: and that's unfortunately sometimes yeah which you find out when in, when you do go alcohol free um, yeah and like
1: you said you you mm-hmm. think you're connected but you're really not You're you're really not connecting at all because we would still have an ongoing friendship if we were that connected but it was all based around alcohol and yeah our kids were playing together but you spend time with people because you want to, right? And obviously all of us were spending time to drink together and let our kids play, but it just, it wasn't what I thought it was. Now that I don't drink, I'm like, oh, I see that for what it is now, you know? And it's it's something to think about because Mm -hmm. now it's like, I'm not invited to those things anymore because I don't drink, which is fine, but it's something I've had to process and really kind of work through, you know? So I was just curious if you had, any situations like that and those weren't my close friends those were more like you know like the kids at school the moms when you all kind of make friends with each other it was like that kind of group but my close friends are all supportive thankfully and most of them don't really drink so that's good
0: (laughs) yeah my my like I said my close friends are really supportive people that um you know I I'm sure a long way people have said things I had a couple comments on vacation so you know like must be boring now that you don't drink. How did, what did uh, you
1: respond? What do
0: you, how do you handle I just, that? Well, they were, they were drinking.
1: Just yeah.
0: I just, I didn't, I ignored it because, you know, what's funny is that then people sometimes will be like, wow, that's, that's impressive. Or they'll say something and, mm-hmm. you know, and I think no matter what, you know, we're damned if we do damned, if we don't, and I think that's why we've got to stay true to ourselves because right. it's, you know, and not that it's, hard. We want to be accepted, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we are all human and we want to feel accepted, but that doesn't mean that we're going to be happy when we are accepted.
1: Yeah, exactly. I love that. You have such great insight. It's, oh, thanks. yeah, that was perfect. I want to like write that down. What was I going to say? Oh, have you heard of the book? Um, quit like a woman as it by Holly Whitaker. Yes.
0: Yes. Have yes. You,
1: okay. Yeah. That you, mm-hmm. some of the things you touched on reminded me of that book and it really goes into, like you said, how women were targeted just like the cigarettes, you know, mm-hmm. years ago. And it's such a great read if anyone's looking to get more knowledge and educated. Yeah, great book.
0: Yeah. And she also talks, I mean, we're not gonna probably touch on that right now, but like the feminism and and how, you know, what what's happening to the social constructs of women and just, mm-hmm. you know, making us bond with with alcohol and right. you know, and and you know, you don't hear dads don't have glasses with you know like you know with like wine because being a dad's hard right you don't see that with
1: dads, <laughs> right I, that's so true what is that why it's it's just something that they're trying to bring us together with you
0: know with I, I I think I, I'm not sure exactly when the whole mommy wine culture started like I said it was many years ago when I mm-hmm. would post wine things and you know, I, again, I think when we're brought into this from a really long time, you know, we think it's funny, right. Yeah. And we just do it. But as far as, you know, why that is, I'm not sure how it actually got started. Um, yeah. but I think, I think it's easy to also, I think women, I think historically, I mean, obviously not in my family unit, but I think historically women do more with children and Mm -hmm. stay at home more. And obviously that's not the case, but there's probably still some stuff that's trickling down that make that relevant. in in when it comes to women and children,
1: for sure. Yeah. So have you noticed a difference in your relationship with your kids since you went alcohol-free? I, you know, not
0: my, my son's eight. I don't know if I've noticed a different relationship, but I noticed that I like that. I'm always present. Mm -hmm. I'm always, you know, especially we live on water and just in general, like, I mean, you know, like I said, I didn't drink a whole lot during the weeks, but some weekends, like, you know, I mean, wine makes you tired. And I have to say that, you know, even when I was like baby hungover or, or drink too much the night before those Sundays, man, I was lazy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I wouldn't probably do as much with him. So I think now it's, I have more energy and I just feel better. And I can imagine that would impact him. And I, I don't know how hundred percent I'm going to navigate this, but um, I think what I didn't have growing up and, and I didn't grow up with a family that drank a lot, but alcohol wasn't talked about as a drug as, right. as, and so, you know, I think I'm excited to be able to talk to him about me. In, yes however I'm able to talk about that ha- have um, you started
1: the- talking to him about it
0: um we we have and like I said my husband drinks and so you know we've kind of been delicate about how we've talked about it because we right. don't want to make someone seem like they're a bad person yeah we don't
1: want him to be like well dad's no, doing it so no yeah but yeah
0: we're, we you know we talk about with your friends and and what kids are doing nowadays and I think I think the biggest thing is being open with your kids, but I'm really excited to have the story and tell him about alcohol one day. And because I didn't have that, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was what people did. Mm -hmm. And I heard a a crazy, I heard, and this is where I think we don't realize how much around us gets buried into our brain. I had a 13 year old tell me she couldn't wait to drink, not Mm -hmm. because she particularly had 20 cocktails all like, you know, because she saw somebody else doing it and thought it was cool and sophisticated. Right. Right. And so I think the more that I'm alcohol-free and I'm sure you feel the same way debunking the myth that this doesn't, isn't a status symbol. Mm -hmm. This doesn't make, you know, but if you think about it, when you see adults, they're doing cocktails and parties and other events. So kids probably assume that's what you do when you get older.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we're, we're changing the tide. We're showing them that we can be at these events and have fun and not have alcohol. I feel like that's 100% something I want to do with my kids too. And my daughter is seven and she definitely knows. Like I've been really vocal about it and open and, you know, talk about how many days I'm alcohol free. And, and I guess I haven't really told her anything about alcohol specifically. I've just said I've chosen to not drink it because Mm -hmm. it's not good for my body. And, um, My husband doesn't drink anymore either, which is amazing. But, you know, people around us still drink. And I know she has a negative connotation on it now. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to navigate it. And my older kids are 16, 19, and 21. And so they've they definitely know and see a big difference because, you know, mom and dad used to party all the time, and now they don't. Mm-hmm. But they like us so much better now. They're like, you guys aren't as annoying and, like, mm-hmm. embarrass us or whatever, you know. <laughs> and, and it's funny because my son turned 21, and I thought for sure, like, oh, he's going to go out to the bar, he's going to go to a club, and he literally, like, stayed home. I was like yes like I'm doing something right you know because in my mind when I turned 21 I was like I'm going oh, go to yeah. Vegas I'm partying <laughs> I'm, you know I'm going to do it up but he was like I'm good I, w- I was like we should go somewhere where you know if you want to drink you can because I don't want them to feel pressure because I don't I want them to make their yeah. own cho- choices you yeah know? absolutely and he's like no we're just going to stay home so I can tell their mentality isn't Or you know, being bombarded with partying and drinking. So I feel like, yes, I'm doing something right with them in that area. Um, But yeah, the younger ones, it's like you have to be age appropriate, right? So there's a really good podcast on This Naked Mind, and it's called Mm -hmm. How to Talk to Your Kids About Alcohol. Have you heard it?
0: Um, I have to listen to it, but I know she has like a course, I believe, too, on it as well.
1: Yeah, there's even just like one episode that I love. And it talks all about how to talk to your kids about alcohol. And it's really like age appropriate. And I think it's Scott. He's the he's one of the Naked Mind coaches. Pretty sure it's him that's hosting it. And it's, it's incredible. So it's something hard to navigate, especially if you've made a lot of bad choices while you were drinking in front of your kids, you know, and there's a lot of repair to do. But I personally feel like life is a these we have to take these opportunities to repair that is where the true Mm -hmm. magic happens because we're all going to screw up even you know being alcohol free we're going to have our moments as moms right absolutely I've learned after you mess up when you go to your child or whoever it is and you apologize and you repair it and you hug them and Mm -hmm. you show them love like that is the magic for me so a lot of people who who drink or used to drink and made some bad choices they have a lot of repairing to do so it can be scary. And that that podcast is super helpful for people like that. Just yeah, so no, to, everyone knows. <laughs>
0: that's awesome. No, I definitely need to check that out.
1: Yeah. And so you have one?
0: I have one. Yep. We have a, an eight-year-old awesome. boy.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I connect with everything you said, just more energy, waking up early instead mm-hmm. of being hung over. There's, there's just, you know, so many benefits to ever want to drink again for for me anyway do you feel like you know how some people say i'm never drinking again is really scary to say how do you feel about that language and like what's your future look like with alcohol
0: so i think that this this trip solidified it for me and just everything I'm doing that I'm on the right track. No, I, I, I don't want to drink again. And I, I say it much more proudly, confidently now mm-hmm. in the beginning, it, it wasn't one because I didn't know what I was. In, I was a little bit ambivalent, yeah. but also I took, even when I stopped drinking, I still was a little concerned what people would think now I don't care. Yeah, um, This is, this is who I am and I'm happier this way. So, but it took me, it took me a little bit of time And I think that that's the beautiful, you know, part of all this is it doesn't have to be this perfect story and you can kind of choose how you want to do it. But I I think that, you know, my, my advice is when we listen to ourselves, when we on repeat say, we want to change this thing. We think about it over and over and over again, put some action to it. You don't have to know how everything is going to turn out. Just going to start doing it at some point.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's your intuition. It's telling you Mm -hmm. it's Yep. And same same thing happened for me. And once the action came, then it, it all started to unfold and it all starts making sense and the universe starts really working with you instead of against you. So yes. I love I love that piece of advice. And you are gonna start coaching, right? At you're getting your certification for coaching. I... I am, I am, but because I'm a licensed clinical social worker
0: and I feel like I have enough experience from what I've been doing, I've, I've started to coach now. So awesome. it's very exciting. So you're
1: taking clients. I am. Great. So if there's a prospective client listening, what would you like her to hear or, or he?
0: I think that just even if you've, you know, even if you've not done something perfectly, right? Like I think we sometimes go into something, making a change, changing our habits. And when it doesn't go exactly how we want it to go, we have this thought to quit. Mm. And it's not about perfection. Oftentimes changing a habit, like drinking or something that's just difficult, Mm -hmm. it takes a hot second. And so it's not about perfection, beating yourself up. It's about learning about yourself and okay, what, what can I do differently next time? And I've been there. I have beaten myself up, gotten really angry with myself and realized it's just not self-serving it was again, all the times that I didn't do things perfectly. And when we look at failure, we need to stop defining it, you know, as being a perfectionist. It's honestly, most things we do in life, we're going to fail at not because we're bad at it because it's, you know, it's just the way it is to learn and to grow. Yeah. So don't give up, know that you're never alone in reach out for support. Mm -hmm. Some of this stuff is just truthfully hard to do by yourself, not because we're not wonderful and great, but we can only do so much and we're only so good at so much. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we really need to reach out and say, help me because I can't do everything myself.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I had to do that. There's no way I would be where I am right now. If I tried to do it all myself, we need support. We need community we need mentors, people who've, mm-hmm. who, like I said before, someone who, even who's 10 step ahead, ahead of you could be helpful. You know, I love that. Where can everyone find you? So
0: I'm, you know, if you use my name, cause I've, you know, obviously written my book, but it's com and it's C-H-R-I-S-S-Y-J-A-N-I-G-A.com. I it's also my, you know, all my social media handles is at Chrissy Janica. And then I run a group on Facebook called Glow Vibes Tribe. It's it's a little bit newish, but I usually talk about all things alcohol-free related, intuition, manifestation, you know, just whatever people are kind of feeling. I kind of get others, you know, impressions on what they want to learn as well. Awesome. And I, yeah. And if you want to check out my book, it's on Amazon.
1: Yes, I'm going to link everything in the show notes too. So um, click on down and you'll see a link to all everything that Chrissy just talked about. And I definitely need to join your Facebook group because that sounds amazing. (laughs) And I'll be posting when I get your book and sharing out my story so everyone can see. I'm so, so proud of you. I'm proud of us. I yes. feel like we're like Carolina's little babies that she's just like brought <laughs> up, you know, and I'm just so thankful for her. She's going to come on the podcast uh, next month. So oh, awesome. yeah, awesome. yeah she's a really special person. And I feel like we're, we're really blessed to have her as a mentor in our life.
0: I a hundred percent agree. I think sometimes some people just come into our lives and, you know, at the right time. And I just thank the the universe that that happened.
1: Yes. And I'm so glad I met you and we got to connect yes, for too. over the four months that we were in the program together and every, you know, zoom call, I loved hearing about everything you worked on and Lord knows I was sharing a lot. Cause I'm like such a sharer when it comes to those types of things. Cause I want, I wanted the support. I want to get some answers. I need help, you know, so absolutely, I always dive right in when I'm in any kind of personal development program. <laughs>
0: well, that's honestly, that's, that's, that's what it's there for, you know? Yeah. So That's I'm, I'm, you know, same here.
1: Mm -hmm. And yes,
0: that, that program was very profound for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for you that you're in her next one. I can't wait to hear, I can't wait to see you flourish. Oh, well, thank you. And you too. Thank you. And I definitely want to have you on again. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Bye Chrissy. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.